This podcast is for anyone that works with clients at an ad or marketing agency, also known as a sued traditionally. This is your chance to hear from client service veterans and other industry professionals on everything advertising and account management related. My hope is every episode will all get a little better at what we do every day. Well, looky there, it is another listener and hopefully more than one listener, at least. I'm your host, Brooklyn Cravens. Thank you for listening into an episode of Suitscast. I'm actually in a really good mood today, and maybe it was the falafel I had for lunch. Maybe it's just something delicious or good in the air as well. And maybe it's just the all the fun updates that's going on in the ad world right now with, with technology. But we've got some really good stuff to talk about today, and I'm especially glad you're listening in. We're going to be talking about Wendy's a little bit. We're going to be talking about managing clients while you're working remotely. And we've got some other great stuff, but it wouldn't be great as usual without an equally great guest. And so I'm excited to introduce today's guest. Her name is Kelly Hewling. She is the account director at Bent Media, which is based out of Louisiana. And she comes to the show with over 10 years of experience in the advertising space, mostly in an account managing role. But she actually was at Wendy's for a number of years when they were going through their big rebrand in the kind of the 010, or excuse me, 2010 years, and a pretty critical time, but comes to us with that great experience. And she's also actually, which is a cool fact, or as some might say, a weird fact, she personally is based out of Portland, Oregon, personally. And uh, that is that is something that we're, we're going to be talking about today. And uh, I, think, I think that covers kind of most of of your experience. Is that, does that sound correct, Kelly? That is, that is spot on. I was like, you know me better than I know myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I was also going to say, you know, speaking of knowing you better than yourself, hopefully this isn't a, a little creepy, but uh, <laughs> while, while being successful in advertising is a great thing, I think even a greater thing is the fact that you are expanding your family, expecting mm-hmm. your, your, your second child coming up. So congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Job number oh, two. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And how are you doing today? How, how, how is uh, the, the the lovely and weird world of Portland currently? You know, I wish I could tell you it was a bright sunny day here, but the uh, winter has come here, and it is you know just absolutely rainy and dreary. And <laughs> but that's okay. We're used to it here, and you just kind of you just kind of buck up and and handle the day. <laughs> oh yeah, well, and I've I unfortunately have never been to Portland. I've heard oh, nothing but amazing things about it. Would you Would you agree with that statement? Oh, what What are your yeah. some of your favorite things to do there? Oh my goodness! Well, I suppose if you're into the outdoors and actually braving some of those elements, I mean that all depends on your personality. But uh, my husband and I, we love you know, to be outdoors. We love to run and, uh, I guess we're not afraid of the rain. So (laughs) that's a good thing then. Yeah. No, it's an amazing place to be, especially if you like the outdoors. So, um, that's why we're here. Awesome. Well, hey, that's that's good to hear. Yeah. But again, thank you so much for for being on the show today. I think just to, to dive right in, mm-hmm. I'm so fascinated by your journey in advertising. Just kind of learning about how you uh, were mm-hmm. were in the the kind of uh, agency world to start, and then you spent a number of years at Wendy's. It's such a critical time uh, for anyone that is listening and was somehow sleeping under a rock around <laughs> 2010. Uh, Wendy's was in a pretty big brand slump, and then right mm-hmm. around then, 2008 to 2012. I'd say, is uh, when they really rebranded and what they are now. And I'm sure, Kelly, you would agree with this, but I think Wendy's is a lot better off now, even that many years down the road than they were before. And so it's, it's 
really cool that you were there before you hop back over to the agency world. What what uh, what was that like being at such a big brand at such a critical time? Yeah. So, gosh, thinking back now, I mean, I'm very lucky to have had the role I had at Wendy's. I mean, I guess I was I was incredibly young and fresh out of college. And, um, you know, before Wendy's, I actually started working on the Wendy's account. Uh, for McCann Erickson. So McCann Erickson had a small satellite office in Dublin, Ohio, dedicated to servicing the Wendy's brand because they wanted somebody on all the time to be able to go over to the client whenever they needed. And that was my very first job out of college. Uh, Gosh, I learned so much there. But um, my ability to, you know, be flexible just because I was so young, I was able to run over there all the time and uh, you know, work late hours and that sort of thing. I, I, you know, created some really great relationships with a lot of the clients at the time who was, you know, a lot of the brand managers there. And, uh, I was very, very lucky to, um, work with the director of production because I had an interest in production and he and I hit it off. His name is Matt D, the the wonderful Matt D. He's still there. And, you know, from there, they actually let go of McCann Erickson, but they just, they had asked me to join the Wendy's team after that. They love you so much. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Which was a weird situation a little bit, but at the same time, <laughs> uh, you know, I think everybody, you know, was respectful of the fact that, you know, when it comes to opportunity, even myself, I was like, I cannot pass up this opportunity. And I loved the brand and I loved working with the people that were there. So. Oh yeah. I can, I can imagine that conversation being a little (laughs) awkward. Like, Oh man, (laughs) you guys are getting fired, but I'm not, I don't, Oh gosh. Well, it, it honestly happened after the firing. And you know, what's really funny is when the firing occurred, I was actually the only one in the McCann office that didn't get an email about it for some weird reason or another. I don't know if it's because my last name at the time began with an A. I don't know. But everyone was in a conference room crying. And I was like, why is everyone crying in the conference room? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I get this like ad week alert that says, you know, Wendy's fires McCann Erickson. I was like, well, that's funny. I work for McCann Erickson. And (laughs) they're like, am I, do I need to pack my boxes? So in any event, um, that's what pushed me over to the, the client side. And gosh, I learned so much over there. Um, I was really, really lucky to work with some really amazing people. And a lot of the folks there had been working for Wendy's for, gosh, over 20 years um, and had so much experience on the brand. And a lot of those people had worked with Dave Thomas directly, even my boss, Matt D. And what was really tough was in, you know, anywhere from, I guess it was 2009, 2008 to 2010, like you said, I think we saw multiple CMOs every year. Wow. Uh, there was always constant change or like an interim CMO. And actually all of them, you know, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of them like one on one because my office was right outside the CMO's office. <laughs> got some exclusive so, access. Yeah, I got really great access to a lot of really higher ups and like they'd always just stop at my cube before going into the CMO, which made getting a lot of work done difficult. <laughs> But I'm sure, (laughs) um, you know, it exposed me to a lot. And then, you know, in the future, I guess, you know, now looking back, I was like, they trusted me with a lot of things like they just, you know, the CMO would come out and say, hey, Kelly, can you give me this or can you do this for me? And at the time I was like, uh, I don't know, sure, maybe. And um, I'd ask a lot of questions and they're always like, oh, you ask a lot of really good questions. And so I was like, oh, good. I'm not just asking dumb questions, but they just helped, you know, 
helped me gain confidence in uh, the food industry and the quick service restaurant industry, and then just overall in my job and um, creating relationships with people. So, but yeah, I mean, it was really difficult and I had to really make relationships like lasting relationships quickly almost um, because of that. We changed agencies almost every year and they were like big name agencies and uh, some people came over to the new agency. So that same situation that happened to me basically happened with some account people. Like they'd go from Kirschenbaum Bond and Partners to Kaplan Thaler Group. And then, you know, Wendy's hired Kaplan Thaler Group and then Saatchi and Saatchi, you know, people would move around the agency circuit. And I had worked with them in previous, with previous agencies. So it's, pretty incestuous. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. It sounds like they were kind of, they were working with agencies and then picking their top folks from those exactly. agencies and building an yeah. in-house dream team. Yeah. But beyond that too, like those people that really cared about the brand, that cared about the work, that really wanted to see it succeed were those people that would um, continue to like, you know, seed themselves, you know, or put themselves or poise themselves in a position to continue to work on the brand. Uh for sure. And I was really lucky to establish some really great relationships there, work with a lot of agency partners that, man, I would have never had that opportunity if we weren't in such a tumultuous time at Wendy's. That's a good perspective. Yeah. I mean, it was really scary a lot of the times, you know, like, am I going to have a job tomorrow? I don't know the answer to that question. Right. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I just kept my head down and continued to do what I knew how to do, you know, and at that time, production. What was the... Uh... The turning point, you know, when you guys were in such, you know, tumultuous turnover with agencies and CMOs, you know, was it one of the agency's ideas to kind of, you know, make make the creative more minimal and simple and bring that to the store level? Or how, how what, what did that turning point look like for the brand? Every agency that came in has their own point of view. But I would say, you know, about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, people started really wanting to know what is what it was that was going into the preparation of their food, as well as what the ingredients are. Uh, Prior to that, you know, people were consumers and particularly quick service um, or, you know, we call it QSR, quick service restaurant consumers were just looking for portability or what can I get out the window of a car? Uh, And that was oftentimes, you know, how products were developed and how, you know, they were marketed. And eight to 10 years ago, I think there was like a real change in, in, And how people eat and consume, you know, anything that they're possibly putting into their body. And so that Mm -hmm. actually was interesting because at McCann, before they fired McCann, (laughs) you know, we had kind of gone back to the basics. And I think even just one of the one of the simpler taglines that Wendy's ever had and that I still think rings true today is do what tastes right. And that was the first thing that when I came on at McCann, I was like, man, that thing is good. That is really good (laughs) because every decision at Wendy's, whether it was product marketing, um, you know, whether it's with operations, it was always do what tastes right, make a decision that is going to lead to the best taste and the best flavor for the consumer. And in that process, I think a lot of things have unfolded, you know, from an agricultural perspective, from a cultural relational perspective, then opened the doors for people to really find out, like, what's in my food? How is it being made? And even just opening the doors to that and the simplicity of that and what Wendy's has actually been doing for many, many years. um, I'm sure maybe it's changed now. Who knows? But, uh, you know, that 
that whole movement is, I think, what changed in general across consumers and really pushed them, the, the Wendy's brand, into recognizing and realizing, gosh, what we do and all the steps and things that we do to like bring you fresh food or, you know, make sure that what it is you're eating is real food. I think it just opened the doors for them to really tell that story. And so it's not so much that it was a shock value message that that all the agencies were trying to bring to the table. It was just how can we simplify, you know, and put down into that at the time, that 30 second commercial or 15 second commercial, you know, what it is that that Wendy's actually does, because that's actually a very complex story. Um, But at the root of it, it's they're just trying to bring you really great food. So everything that came at us was a lot of shock by simplicity. I don't know if that even makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's like an oxymoron. It only makes sense. Well, it's it's that that simplicity is still there. Mm-hmm. And so it was really cool to like, just see all the different creative and be a part of that you know pitch process for all those multiple different agencies. But I think the one thing that was consistent across the board was just shock with simplicity. And even just getting back to, you know, what would a child want to eat? Like that was one of the, you know, from a positioning perspective is like, you know, what would Wendy want to feed her children and what would you feel good about feeding your children? And uh, that's what, you know, it's way better than fast food. It's Wendy's was somewhat born out of. So it was really, I mean, there were so many different campaigns at that time. (laughs) Um, And I, it was really hard to, manage that whole process. But at the same time, you know, I think the messaging was pretty consistent across the board, you know, with each agency, it was just who can do it better. And, you know, the turnover of CMOs, it's obviously everybody has their own point of view, wants to make their own mark. And um, I think that's ultimately what led to a lot of the changes was just, you know, everyone wanting to put their own stamp on something. So, you know, it's cool that it sounds like Wendy's really mm-hmm. started to understand, yes. well, this is what the consumer yes. wants and we need to follow that. You know, so many brands fall into the trap of, yeah. well, what do we want to push as a brand or who who are we mm-hmm. that we can tell the customer? And, you know, it's it's just like yes. Ogilvy said, you know, a lot of a lot of brands think that the agency <laughs> is the husband and the client is the wife, but really it's it's the consumer that should be the wife. You should put the consumer yes. first because they're the ones that keeps a brand alive. So it, it definitely sounded like a, a strategy that is still succeeding today, which is great. But I mean, I do have to know kind of at the same token then, you know, you, what you describe is really cool. And and it's kind of like we said, even to this day, Wendy's is doing well, mm-hmm. especially on social media <laughs> in recent years with cracking open a cold one with, you know, totally schooling people about their meat not yeah. being frozen. They're, they're killing it. And I have to know what, what really kind of made you switch back over to the agency side. Yes. Yeah, so what's really funny is I actually left, uh, Golly, it's almost been about seven years now, but um, I left because I was looking for flexibility. You know, the corporate world is has many ups and downs, you know, uh, each side of the pendulum, you know, you could swing it. You know, there's great things about being, you know, on the corporate side and there's great things about being on the agency side, but um, I needed flexibility. So my husband actually uh, runs professionally for Nike. Oh, that's really <laughs> And yeah, so that's the number one reason why we moved out to Portland, Oregon. And uh, at the time, I knew I couldn't operate and do what I love to do at Wendy's, um, even though my 
you know, my boss and Wendy's was really willing to work with me. Um, I just knew I couldn't really make it work out on the West Coast the way that, you know, they would want me to be available. Mm-hmm. Um, they started they started at 8 a.m. East Coast time and I wasn't about ready to be up at oh, 5 a.m. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's a day. little not flexible <laughs> at all. Yeah, even though, even though some days I end up doing that. But at the time, you know, the corporate world and I didn't want to have to just be committed to 5 a.m. every day. Of course. So, I um, was looking for other things, you know, and I have a really good friend who used to work for Kaplan Thaler Group. Uh, His name is Sam Cantro. And um, he brought me over to Bent Media, actually, because he and I had struggled to kind of almost create a digital department (laughs) at Wendy's because while we were there, there really wasn't one. Um, It was just a bunch of account folks. As a customer, you don't, you don't think about those things, yeah. but it's so, so often happens. Yeah. It was just this like little niche that I would take care of. Or at the same time, we had a, a media team that would pretty much for the most part, you know, fulfill a media buy and handle a lot of the digital and digital strategy. And, um, it was often an afterthought, which, you know, at the outset of digital, nobody knew what to do. Right. It was like, how do you, how do you do this? What do you do? What is a <laughs> you know, Facebook? What do these clicks mean? Yeah. What is Facebook? What do these clicks mean? And so, uh, at the outset of things, I really could tell that that was where things were moving. And, uh, myself and Sam, you know, we tried many times to create a customized experience and really get people to, uh, think about it, <laughs> think about digital in a different way. Um, and then of course, Wendy's, responded and they hired Brandon Roten, who was the VP of digital. And he recently moved to Papa John's, but long story short, it's not like I, I don't know that I created a digital department, but so much as just like helped usher it along for a long time. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you know how in the agency space, we, we like to take credit for things. So uh, you might as well yeah, take, take the credit, credit for it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? Why, why not? But it, I just ha- used to always have to be like, Oh, remember these banners? Remember this on Facebook? Remember we're doing this. And a lot of times they're like, yeah, sure, let's do it, which was kind of cool because we got to do a lot of really neat things because nobody cared. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, we don't really care. Just put something there. So, um, but yeah, no, because of that, I I knew that things were moving to the digital space and I kind of loved, I loved learning about it and figuring it out. And Sam was like, hey, I got this agency down in Louisiana, which is where he was from. And I found this great guy. I... I love what they're doing. They have a lot of flexibility. You can work from Portland. Come work with me there. And so I did. I just took the leap and was like, let's do this. Um, And it was a big leap because I went from my cushy, comfortable life in the corporate world to, you know, agency life again, which, like I told you, has its ups and its downs. I was going to say, I thought you wanted flexibility. I know you wanted (laughs) flexibility, which it does. It It does. does. But... Yeah, it does have flexibility. And, um, you know, the, the other thing is you just have to be on a lot more. But. Oh, for sure. Well, and, and it's uh, it's it's good to hear that, you know, you feel like it's a it's it was a solid switch. And I mean, you've been there, like you said, yes. for, um, you know, f- I, I think five, six, seven years, which, uh, yeah, which is, yeah. is awesome. You found a, a good spot for you now. Now, coming yeah. over from having those years in the client side, when you said you managed yes. a lot of different agencies and managed a lot of CMOs, in what ways do yes. you feel that that managing those different CMOs and agencies helped prepare you to lead clients currently, agency side? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's always good to sit in someone else's shoes um, and to feel the things that 
you know, they felt, um, being on the agency side, of course, you know, it's easy to judge a client sometimes, you know, uh, like, Oh, they don't know this and they don't know that. But, you know, it's oftentimes in the corporate world, there's a lot of paralysis by analysis, you know, and somebody's asking for something somewhere and you don't know why, or, or, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing to navigate. And so as the agency and in my previous role at Wendy's, I've just learned to be incredibly resourceful um, and just know that like whatever someone's asking for, surely there's a reason. <laughs> right. And surely there's a root somewhere and it's your job um, on the agency side to find out what that is and to really get down to the bottom of it. And I'd say knowing that a lot of the requests I got, like I told you, I sat outside the CMO's office and he would request random things or, you know, like somebody would request something random and I'd have to reach out to uh, Robin Koval at Kaplan Thaler Group or something like that. (laughs) And I was like this measly little underling, like, hi, Robin Koval, Uh, can you please send me this? Like, you know, but at the same time, and then she'd ask a ton of those questions, like, why? Who's looking for this? What's going on? And I learned from those experiences to ask a lot of questions and to remember that there's always a route. There's always someone looking for something for some particular reason. Find out what that reason is. And, um, you know, I think that's what's really helped me being on the coming back to the agency side is like, OK, this request is coming from somewhere. Like, let's figure it out. And I think a lot of people sometimes forget that. <laughs> there's this whole, oh, what, how do I say this? I don't know. But anything that seems stupid might not be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, and in fact, those are the things that often turn into the biggest things. <laughs> That's a great way to think about it is, um, you know, there's whether, whether we as an agency understand a client request, like you yes. said, there's probably a reason for it. And yeah. I think sometimes we get so caught up in, oh, you know, clients don't necessarily understand our process or they don't understand right. this is going to take time or this and that. But mm-hmm. it's true. I mean, we really do have to be honest with ourselves and say, all right, clients are not at the agency, so they don't understand why everything right. is an agency. So on the flip side, there's going to be so many things client side that agencies don't understand. And I think <laughs> you make a great point. Trying to understand that as much as possible would only benefit us. Yeah, exactly. And so, and that also taught me to be resourceful. So like, you know, it's like a trickle down effect. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now exactly. I guess, and this, this kind of dovetails off of that question, but mm-hmm. when you got back to the agency side, was there any kind of big light bulb that went off in your head that, you know, maybe it was a, a difficult client situation, or maybe it was just something you encountered when you were working with a client at Bent that you were like, oh my gosh, I never would have thought of this. But now because of my experience at Wendy's, how can account people not see this otherwise? Yeah. I mean, gosh, I mean, that's happened. That's happened so many times. I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if there's anything I've learned and you and I were kind of talking about this, it's just that things never change and like, but they're constantly changing. They always are. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I guess there's, there's little that shocks me these days in this industry, just because like, I feel like I've, I've been through it all. Um, you know, I could say that, but it's, it's probably, going to change tomorrow. Um, <laughs> that's, but, you know, we have to expect. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when it comes to lessons, I've just learned to listen. Uh, I can be a talker. So I have to like remind myself to just sit back and listen a lot. 
But, you know, when it comes to revelations of getting back into the agency world, I mean, I'm not I'm not sure that there was any big revelations so much as like <laughs> this is it, it's kind of the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, as good and bad. At least I know some days what to expect. But again, like we just said, the one thing that never changes is that things always do. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, what's interesting is, and we've we've mentioned this a little bit so far, is that you are in Portland and you've been in mm-hmm. Portland and Bent is based out of Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a big topic really in, in any industry, at least in our country, is more and more companies are going remote. They are mm-hmm. allowing more employees to go remote. Some some folks, like even in, in our space, um, Good, Goodway Group, I believe is their, their name. They're a programmatic group. All of their employees just about are remote. They don't, they don't have a singular headquarters anywhere. And so... Mm-hmm. Being in a client-facing role, you know where where relationships are so important. Uh, mm-hmm. How how has kind of your style of account management been adjusted, been been set pl- in place as to what it is? What's that really looked like mm-hmm. with that remote distance in there? Yeah. So what's funny is uh, when I worked at Wendy's, uh, the agencies were based in New York. So there, I was actually, you know, working remotely with people who I had never met before, and then. To this day, I've never met uh, a lot of the people who I worked with in New York (laughs) at the agencies. Um, And I think through that experience is how I was able to come to terms with that, like the fact that I may not be with my clients every single day or see them every single day, but I can sure as heck contact them every single day, be in touch with them as often as possible. Uh, There are so many people that I used to work with and still keep in touch with to this day um, that I never met and still haven't met, (laughs) which Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. But at the same time, I feel like I know them just, you know, that's the glory of Facebook and social media Right, is that, you know, we often became friends on social media. Then after the fact, you know, kept in touch that way. So, um, you know, I think that really opened me up to the idea of being able to work remotely. I often worked from the West coast as well. So I was heavy in production when I worked at Wendy's and, uh, I was working on West coast time, well, East coast time, but on the West coast a lot. And I just kind of figured it out. Like I try not to do the 5am thing, but, uh, (laughs) I definitely just kind of figured out how to, how to work that out. And, you know, I think, it really opened things up for me. I was like, I can manage this. I can do this. It's not as difficult as one might expect. And there are so many different platforms and, you know, whether it's a business platform or like go to meeting that makes things really simple from a, you know, business perspective to like Facebook and social media to just email and being available on the phone. So I try and make myself as available as possible. I'm typically friends with all my clients on Facebook. Um, let them see what my life is like. I see what their life is like. And uh, that helps craft. It's not an artificial relationship, but just helps craft more of a relationship and gets you to understand those people more and they understand you a little bit more. You're exactly right. Whether you're being remote today or whether it was, you know, just stereotypical referring to mm-hmm. Mad Men, you know, yeah. Don Draper would, you know, fly out from New York to yeah. go see his clients elsewhere. And yeah. in those days, you know, you had a telephone, you wouldn't talk to your client very much and you probably wouldn't see him, but maybe just a couple times a year at most potentially. And so yes. it, it's yeah. really cool to see how technology has really alleviated a lot of that remote task work. Yeah. However, 
as we know, with everything changing and with technology speeding up, sometimes technology can really hamper us. And yeah. as much as technology has helped working remotely, what what piece of advice or what potential harm should account people watch out for if they are working with clients remotely in 2017 or well, 2018? The always on and the problem with being in digital today and in general is just that I have to be on quite a bit, um, whether it's on my phone, whether it's on my desktop, you know, uh, checking through feeds, making sure you're constantly keeping up with um, the trends beyond that, just what people are, other people are posting and how you can take advantage of that, what other opportunities we can take advantage of in the moment. Uh, that's actually been one of the more challenging things is just putting your phone down or putting your iPad down or whatever it is you're on and, uh, you know, shutting down for a little bit just to avoid burnout. You know, I think a lot of agency people, uh, can burn out very quickly and I'm lucky, you know, working from home that I don't necessarily have to like be in the office for 15 hours a day or whatever. I'm lucky I can walk upstairs and see my husband if I want. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so nice that, is, that has helped a little bit or like my, when my little guy comes home, I can take a breather for 10 minutes and go see him. And if I have to go back to work, I go back to work. But just making sure that you take the time to turn off sometimes is, is really, really important. And even myself, you know, learning to be a mom at the same time and being a, an account director and leading people, you know, I, those are, those are two jobs. And I definitely feel that one trumps the other for sure. But at the same time, it's, it's often difficult to shut off. So Um, that's the one word of caution I'll say for any account person, for any agency person really is just when to turn off and how to do something else (laughs) besides beyond, you know, social media or answering emails or, you know, catching up on stuff. So. It's true. It's a fantastic piece of advice. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, I think in recent years, Google really popularized yeah. the, uh, the, the term incubation. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's turning off, it's leaving your work, coming back to it at a different time. And, you know, you, you shouldn't have to choose between being a good mom and, you know, enjoying your work. You should have that work life balance. And mm-hmm. ultimately, there, there's more and more research talking about if you do have a good balance and you do have a good system of disconnecting, coming back, you know, you're, you're going to work better. And in our space, mm-hmm. that, that just means your clients are going to be better off for it. And that's, exactly. that's exactly what we manage accounts for is because we love the industry and we love the clients that we work with. My my wife is actually a teacher at Florida Virtual School, which oh. is, is very popular here in our state. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's kind of the same thing though. You know, she, her entire classroom is digital and, you know, she, she kind of always has to fight that temptation of staying, putting, putting too many hours in and, yeah. you know, not disconnecting from work. And, you know, she, she definitely enjoys being able to disconnect and have that balance. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a, like you said, whether you are remote or whether you are actually actually in the office, being able to disconnect and have that balance is good. But yeah. my, uh, my, my suspicion is having a husband that's a Nike runner is probably really good because he, <laughs> he probably encourages you to disconnect oh, quite a bit. Good so. gravy. Yes, he does. He gets me out the door all the time, whether I like it or not. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a good thing. That's, yeah. and, and I think as, as you both, uh, you know, in, in many, many years when you get old, I think, I think yes. you, you will be very thankful for that. Yeah, so you'll be in a lot better shape than 99% of other people. So <laughs> that's one thing we've told ourselves is like we'll always stay active so you know that's, good. that's the only thing that's like it 
that's the one thing I'll shut down for is like, all right, let's either go for a walk, get outside, do something else. Of course, of course. But uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, that's like I said, great piece of advice to to disconnect from work Mm -hmm. as we're, I'm just looking at the clock here as we kind of wind down a little bit. Uh, So just, just kind of finishing up on just talking about an upcoming trend. Um, You know, uh, a a lot of the news outlets, um, I think it officially came from YouTube first since it's their ad unit, but a six second video is something that, Brands are starting to get into it. I think it. Um, I think the last can ceremony there actually was um, already. Uh, there already were ad units in the six second space. What are your thoughts on that? You know, whether whether it's CPG or other brands. You know, do you think the six second ad has legs? How can brands really capitalize on it? Yeah. Well, I mean, like any evolution of you know within Facebook, it generally comes with reason. And you know, as we've seen across a lot of our clients, is just you know, people drop off a lot more quickly than you'd think, uh, within the, you know, the video world and capturing their attention in six seconds is incredibly important. Um, you know, and embrace the change and succeed, if not learn through failure. But, you know, I think definitely there's something about the six second ad that, is important for whether I don't care who you are, CPG, QSR, whoever, um, capturing someone's attention and being clever in six seconds and not just clever, but strategic in six seconds is incredibly difficult to do. So, you know, those agencies and those, um, folks who can respond to that and do it in a clever way, I think are going to succeed, but man, it's a difficult thing. It's a quick story. Six seconds is a very quick story. When, you know, like I was telling you earlier, Wendy says a lot of complex things that they do to keep product delivering product to consumers. Um, what's funny is it's in a simple way, but <laughs> you know, telling that story can be pretty <laughs> complex. So just delivering the message in a simple way is what's really important for brands to rethink and reconsider because it's always every mar- you know brand manager, marketing managers job to elongate anything that needs to be (laughs) communicated to a consumer. (laughs) So I think that's going to be the real strain on agencies is trying to, you know, condense that language and be clever with visuals and audio and, you know, all the changes there. Um, But, you know, certainly being in the mobile space too, how people consume plays a part in that as well. So... Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and maybe for Wendy's, you know, unless, unless they're already got it in the works, they could just do a six second ad of, uh, you know, just, just video footage of an empty freezer since they don't freeze their meat. I know it. Yep. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I do think that the bigger brands like Wendy's, like Coca-Cola, you know, that, that have an established brand and reputation probably will have an easier time with six seconds because everyone knows those brands, but either way, I I do think that the ad unit plays well with, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the colloquial term now for them is currently, but just Gen Z, I think that the, the eroding attention span, I I do think the six second ad is going to fill that need. So it'll be interesting to see what all of us in the ad space can do with that. So, um, well, I think that concludes most of our time, mm-hmm. Kelly. Thank you so much for being on the show. I do have to finish it with a curveball question, yeah. as I typically do. Yeah. My curveball question for you is, keep Portland weird, as they say. <laughs> what is the weirdest thing about Portland, in your opinion? <laughs> uh, Portland is so stinking weird. But I honestly, gosh, I wish I could tell you that there was one thing about it. It's like a... It's a number of different things. I think many times it's what makes the news in Portland that is honestly the most insane thing. (laughs) Like 
someone's cat got loose and gained 50 pounds and was found in a dumpster (laughs) or something like that. Like people were wondering why, why suddenly the trash was like going away, even though the trash was like not till Wednesday. And it turns out it was like this Mm -hmm. cat in a dumpster, like eating (laughs) like, like 20 pounds of trash or whatever. (laughs) So like stuff like that, that I'm like, why is this, why is this on the news? Like, why? Why? I think that's oh, wow. probably the strangest thing since I've moved here. I'm like, what? Why is this even like in my feed on the television? But it makes news. <laughs> so, that's that's good. Yeah. I mean, we've we've got Florida man yeah, here, yeah. but as a long running conspiracy. Sorry. But I have to say, a 50 pound cat that eats trash ridiculously fast is uh, that's that's pretty weird. Basis, so. Yeah, so that's it. <laughs> Yes. Well, that's that's a fantastic answer. And uh, I guess bringing things back to uh, the advertising yeah. space, if any of our listeners wanted to keep in touch with you or further just kind of ask you some questions related to our interview today, what, what would be the best way for them to get in yeah, touch with sure. you? Yeah, sure. So I do have, uh, you know, a LinkedIn profile and then I'm, uh, you know, available on Facebook. Like I said, I like to keep you know, a lot about myself, you know, available to my clients so that they know who I am. And like, you know, nothing that I put out there is crazy. So (laughs) you're certainly welcome to search me on Facebook or on Instagram. Um, Again, on LinkedIn from a business perspective, but uh, I'm happy to leave my email with you, Brooklyn, if anybody's interested in emailing me as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll put the links to your, your social mm-hmm. pages on the show notes. And then yes, listeners, if anyone wants to get in touch with Kelly, just yeah. let me know. So, uh, but, but thank you again so much for being on the show. Some really awesome insights just about uh, your experience and just what it means to you know effectively work remotely and when to turn off and yeah. all that good stuff. So definitely looking forward to keeping in touch with yeah. you myself. And uh, yeah, it's best of luck and congratulations to you with uh, the, the next member of the family. Yeah, on the thank way. you, Brooklyn. Appreciate it. And a huge thank you to all the guy and gal listeners out there. This is the end of another episode of SuitsCast. If you ever have a burning question you'd love to hear addressed in the show, or maybe you just want to get in touch with me and leave some feedback, I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at suitscast at gmail.com. One more time, that's suitscast at gmail.com. And lastly, if you'd like to support SuitsCast, there are two ways you can do so. The first way, if you haven't done so already, is to subscribe so you'll know exactly when the next episode is ready for your next listening session. And secondly, head on over to Apple Podcasts app if you aren't already there and leave a review for the show. Let me know and potential listeners know exactly what your thoughts are on SuitsCast. And with that, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again so much. See you next time and Suits out.